Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast and first shoe show starring Shalene Kinsley and Betsy King, two ladies who know fashion. You might be asking, why are they having a podcast about shoes? Great question. I wasn't there, so I really don't know the answer. Uh, But being a lover of shoes myself, I was disappointed to have to miss the show. But it's boards test season, and the canon of Western medicine is pretty unforgiving. But initial reports say that the show turned out all right without me. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Just kidding. I know it was an awesome show. Just by what Amber sent me as their topics. Flats versus heels, design and craftsmanship, liquid band-aids as a best friend, and the single most important diabetes foot care tip in the world. I'm intrigued. Um, not by the last one, but the design and craftsmanship, purely. Okay, lastly, before we get into this thing and we launch the shoe show, we have one quick announcement, and that is that there's no iTunes review winner this week because we're all out of reviews. I know, bummer, but this can be solved. If you, yeah, yeah, you, listening, not one of Amber and I's many friends who we have coerced interviews and reviews out of, um, all you have to do is just go to iTunes, drop us a line, and we'll send you a shirt. It's that simple. Really, though, we're, we're actually going to send you a shirt. All right, showtime. You got to watch what you're eating. You got to watch it every day. What do you call it? What do you call it? Is it diabetes or diabetes? Hello. Hi, Shalene. This is Amber. Hi, Amber. So, um, for our listeners, I'm just going to start with and who we have here today, this is a rare podcast, actually the first one that we've ever done on the Real Life Diabetes podcast, that we don't have Ryan Fightmaster with us. Aww. So, not that the guy doesn't love shoes, but he's studying for the boards, and um, this was a fitting time, I felt like, to bring in the ladies and talk about all things that I love, which happens to involve shoes. So today we have Betsy King, my dear friend, and now neighbor. Yay! And Betsy, um, why don't you, okay, so you were a buyer, correct? I was a buyer for a, a local shop here in Oklahoma City called, well, we, doesn't matter, <laughs> names will not be used, <laughs> but it was a luxury boutique um, focusing on women's women's wear, cosmetics, accessories, shoes, apparel, and I was let go and needed to kind of find out my own path, and two years later, I opened my own shoe shop. And I'm, we're lucky enough to have Betsy King Shoes here in the Paseo Arts District, which is a place that I obviously love. And we both live just right around the corner. So um, bringing Shalene into the mix. Hi. Uh, <laughs> Hi when I was, of course, um, I do a gluttonous amount of reading every day. And Beyond Type 1, which is one of my favorite sites, uh, I came across the Cinderella story talking about Shalene and her love of shoes and having type 1 diabetes. And so... Um, 
Shalene, do you want to tell us, our listeners, just a little bit about what you're up to these days? Yeah, so to continue off of that story, um, I wrote the article reaching out to Beyond Type 1 because I had known uh, a friend of theirs that had started the company, and she kind of told me, you know, just reach out to them, tell them your story about how you're combining like the world of shoes and medicine, like with diabetes, mm-hmm. and just kind of taking a positive um, outlook on that. And so to rewind a little bit, um, when I got diagnosed with diabetes, I was 12 years old and had loved shoes from an early age. <laughs> and <laughs> and my doctor had said, you know, taking care of your feet, being diabetic is really important. So okay. my parents were like, okay, you're only going to wear tennis shoes. Like, you just need to take care, you know, of them being really good parents and me being a little rebellious. I'm like, you know what? I want to wear nice shoes. So as I grew up, um, I kind of got into the shoe design industry and um, studied shoe design in London and had really amazing internship opportunities with a couple of the shoe companies out there. And currently, I'm now combining, like, my love of shoes and fashion into the medical field where, you know, working with how a lot of fashion companies want a foundation to work with or a cause mm-hmm. to bed light on. And I'm trying, you know, to work with different companies to say, like, you know, hey, I have type 1 diabetes, a whole bunch of us do. It would be amazing if we could work together just to shine light on this, you know, disease, but put a positive spin on it. Well, and I want to so. I want to tell our listeners, too, just in case you um, and Betsy and I have talked about this. Um if you don't have diabetes and why this is such a, I feel like a important topic to chat about is that when I was diagnosed at age eight, you know, 32, 33 years ago is, you know, they told my parents no sandals, no jellies, which are the shoes that were like the rave at that point. And so I also struggled with the fact that I had to wear more comfortable shoes over fashionable and I was a shoe lover as well. And so it was kind of like this hit to the ego and that you want to be the average kid. You're already a nightmare walking with all the crap you got to cart around, but you want to look good. So, um, you know, I felt like you had to be a little bit more creative with what you put on your feet. And so diabetes related complications and why we talk about you need comfortable shoes are that if your blood sugar is not managed as well as your endocrinologist would like it to be, then you, Mm your feet don't heal as quickly as the average person. So the goal yeah. there is to wear comfortable shoes so you don't get blisters or have open toes to where you can have cuts or things like that. And so that's the genesis of essentially why they tell you to wear closed-toed, boring shoes in my mind. And in fact, I envision, yeah. and we're going to put this in the show notes, you know what nurses used to wear? Like the super yes, thick, yes, yes, yes. Super thick yeah. sole and... I mean, obviously, there's comfort there, but it was they're absolutely horrible. Um, and Ollie, protective. Protective. And I feel like they came back and... Were, oh, they're totally hipster. back. <laughs> we don't need to talk they're about horrible. that. So when I... Um, and I got to throw this out there, too, because when I first really met Betsy was going into her shoe store and was talking about I wanted to find a really cute pair of shoes to wear as for the opening of the new Dreamer Concepts um, 
and this was a year plus ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Quite a while ago. Anywho, (laughs) I couldn't find a pair of, I'm not a strappy heel kind of gal, but Betsy walked me through a lot of the shoes in her store. She was kind enough to let me trade them on. And there was one pair that were really cute, but they were a little bit tight in certain part of my, a certain part of my foot. Mm -hmm. And so she offered some suggestions and what she could do. So Betsy, tell me a little bit, (laughs) Uh, because I didn't know this even existed. And so what can you do if you're in it? Let's say a local shop. What questions can you ask or requests can you make? Well, and hopefully more local shops offer this, but um, they, you can stretch the toe box of a shoe to up to a quarter of an inch. I mean, it's, it's not, you can definitely create more room in the toe box. You can raise the vamp a little bit. Um, if they have the technology to do that in the store, which is really that medieval wooden foot that I put oh, in there yeah. and crank and it spreads <laughs> out and stretches the leather or take it to your local shoe repair and just say, Hey, I need this stretched a little bit through the toe mm-hmm. box. I need some help. Um, and even stretching it through the toe box, then if you're having uncomfortable issues, you can put a pad in. It creates room for the insert to go into your shoe. Those are all very valuable tips. I think for yeah. the average person, but also for the person with diabetes. So, yeah. Well, Shalene, let's chat. So you ate, you were diagnosed at age 12 and mm-hmm. how did you, how did, okay. So did you have the normal symptoms, um, what made your parents take you to the doctor? Yeah, so I was an underweight kid just growing up in general. And when I was 12, I was uh, my first year in middle school. And I just began losing weight like crazy and obviously having to use the restroom to pee all the time, um, waking up in the middle of the night. And I didn't want to go to the hospital or anything. My mom kept saying, like, they're so thin. And my friends... Um, kind of took me aside and were like, are you anorexic? Are you bulimic? Like, we want to help. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you guys got, you know, a lot of type of diabetics probably have gotten that. And I was like, no, I'm doing nothing differently. And I don't know what's wrong with me. So my mom took me to the doctor and I weighed 60 pounds when Ooh. the other kids were weighing about 80. Wow. That's, and yeah. I was, so thin, and my doctor even didn't believe me. He thought that I was anorexic, and hmm. um, they ran just tons of tests, and a couple hours later, they realized that I had type 1, and my blood sugar was 300 at the time, which is not now that I've bad, talked to yeah. more diabetics, I hear is on the low side yeah. for being diagnosed. Yeah, so I don't know... Do you remember what number you had when you were diagnosed? I think it was upwards of 500. They were they yeah. were so str- they were so stressed that um, they wanted to rush me in an ambulance to Children's Hospital because they were fearful of me going into a coma. My mom yeah. my mom refused and drove me herself with my grandmother and my <laughs> sister in the car. But <laughs> still, yeah. Um, so yeah, you were. I'm not going to say lucky, but I'm glad that they caught it early enough to where your blood sugar wasn't. To where it could put yeah. you in DKA. So. I had kind of had symptoms for about six months, just kind of slowly, and then towards um, the end of the six months, it was like rapid weight loss. Are, but are you an only child? Yeah. No, I actually have an older brother. He's twenty five. I'm twenty four. He does not have type one diabetes, and I don't have type one diabetes in my immediate family at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an uncle that was my mom's sister's husband. He mm-hmm. had type one, mm-hmm. and I, he didn't really take care of himself, so I definitely saw like, the negative sides of it, which was really scary, um, but definitely encouraged me to you know, take care of myself and 
supportive family. So, yeah. How about you? Were you are you an only child or you yeah. only type one teen? I'm the. Uh, there are three of us. My older sister is adopted, and my younger mm-hmm. sister um, is three years below me. And um, just recently on Mother's Day, <laughs> I made everyone in my family. My cousin was there, and everybody. Everybody had to test their blood sugar. Yeah. Just because we. Uh, we have to recognize the fact that our family members are more predestined, possibly. I don't know if that's the correct terminology to having the disease. And I want to pitch one thing and they're not giving us money for this. I'm just saying there's a group mm-hmm. called trial net that I've, we mentioned on a previous podcast because my mm-hmm. friend Trish has two children with type one. And they say now that anyone, any family member, even like distant cousins that have a, a, someone of a type one need to get tested because they can determine early on if you're predestined to get the disease because they're looking at your, oh, I can't think what they're called, antibodies or whatever. So if they're seeing a decline Mm -hmm. in certain things, you can start taking medication like a pill to prevent or to prolong actually getting the disease. Mm-hmm. So That's crazy. it is so crazy. And I mean, I just heard about this a couple months ago. And so I'm saying that to everyone listening, if you have somebody or know someone in your family that has a disease, it's worth it. And I'm a firm believer in ignorance is not bliss. You get the opportunity to stop it before it happens. Exactly. Preventative measures. Preventative measures. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, let's, I want to turn the focus to you for a little bit. Um, Shaleen on, um, so you reading your story, it's such a unique one. So you let's start with you get you get through high school. Are you sneaking mm-hmm. fun shoes in your bag? Like when you're going out at night, because let's not kid ourselves as a teenager. You want to look cute and <laughs> tennis shoes are not going to cut yeah. when you're going to the party. Yeah, I'm I think my mom was actually happy with my rebellious days being um, sneaking actual like cute stilettos around instead of doing (laughs) anything else um I would definitely do that and my dad was wasn't as strict as my mom was so my mom wouldn't let me have um like any flip-flops or any stilettos the whole scale like like, shoes. (laughs) and in high school you're like come on like I want to I want to look good so I would buy shoes heels and like leave them in my locker at school, get to school, <laughs> switch off my shoes, like talking to my friends, like they thought it was a brilliant idea and went through school <laughs> wearing really nice shoes and <laughs> kind of, yeah, it went from there. One day my mom found out and she's like, that's just, that's not a smart idea. Like, I'm so mad at you, but in some ways I'm so proud of you. Like, that's brilliant. I'm like... <laughs> She's like, how did you get this past me for so long? Well, I think it's funny that your dad probably was a little bit more lenient because he's never worn a pair of yeah. <laughs> comfortable yeah. shoes like that, you know? Yeah, once, like, um, with my dad took me to school at the beginning, um, I wore, like, these really nice shoes, and my dad was like, oh, you look really nice today. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I come home, and my mom's like, wait a minute. There's something what? wrong here. What? <laughs> but... Yeah, and I was, you know, sketching shoes in high school and meeting with different shoe company representatives out here in L.A. And How did you get score like, that? Let, let's just start there. I mean, yeah. not that you have to share any secrets, but did your family, yeah. did you guys know people or how did you, how did you score those, those um, interviews or whatever? Those people or? Yeah. Running in? Okay, like, well, I 
grow up from an entrepreneurial background. My parents are entrepreneurs. I've always been a go-getter and have never let no stop me. So in high school, I was like contacting the CEOs, founders of companies like, hey, you know, I'm 15 and I want to be a shoe designer and (laughs) you have any advice for me? Can I meet you for coffee? Do you recommend anyone I could speak to? You know, I have type 1 diabetes and this is the relationship that I'm finding like shoes. I think that it's a really good niche and Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, feel the same way. And through just asking questions and not asking anything else in return, I feel like they were more open to, you know, yeah, let's take the time and either they would um, have me meet with one of their representatives or even if you you know, just go to Nordstrom's and talk to a shoe sales associate. And if they find out that you're passionate about it, they'll lead you on to somebody else, you know, and you slowly, slowly climb up the ladder that way. Wow. I appreciate, I mean, I totally respect your diligence on that. That is. Yeah, definitely. As an entrepreneur. (laughs) Woo. Jeez. Okay. So um, I want to switch just a little bit and engage both of you because I love shoes and my nephew helped me put them in uh, because I just moved and I have an addiction is what it boils down to. (laughs) And I I don't feel you can ever have too many. And even the ones that I no longer wear, I still keep around because I love them. And maybe that's, I need therapy. But um, so I think a lot of women, especially my sister is talking about, she has to buy a couple of shoes while she's here for some travel. So there's a couple of things um, that Shalene actually brought to my attention. And I would like both of your opinions on flats, versus heels because I have my own personal opinion which I'll chime in later but I'd like to know <laughs> everybody thinks the flats are going to be better for you and wear those instead of the heels whenever you're doing x y and z so any thoughts on that for your back I mean for your feet I am not a podiatrist so I have no idea <laughs> what I know that for every um half inch of a heel you put another uh, 20 pounds of weight on the ball of your foot or something like that. So it's, it's pretty intense. The higher you go, the more of your weight obviously is focused on the ball of your foot. Coming from personal experience, I am not comfortable in a super flat flat. I need a one inch elevation. That little one inch wedge over there with the ankle strap is probably my perfect shoe. Loving it. Loving that. We'll take Um, a picture of that. Because it's just, it elevates you a little bit. You have a little bit of support. I've killed my feet. I think my feet are dead, actually. And I've been running around in five-inch heels my whole life at work. So um, so I, between the four-inch and the one-inch, that's that's my sweet spot. <laughs> well, let me ask you on that, too. Does that, that, that same equation work for – because I feel more comfortable in wedges. Yes, wedges provide a lot more stability, security. Um, the, the weight distribution is the same okay. with a wedge via a stiletto. Shaleen, what are your thoughts on that? I have to um, agree completely. One inch to four inch is my sweet spot as well. (laughs) No flats for us. Too many people think, you know, if you're you're wearing heels, it's bad. But if you walk around it, most flats are, you know, like a piece of cardboard. So it's not giving you any support at all. And sometimes like that one inch platform does wonders Mm -hmm. or can change a shoe from a two-hour shoe or a 30-minute shoe to like a six-hour shoe. So yep. it definitely helps. 
Well, and yeah. I remember watching, uh, there was an episode on Oprah, uh, of Oprah, and she was sitting in these badass, I mean, huge, beautiful heels. And I can't remember who she was interviewing, but they were like, how do you do it? And she even had a show, uh, and we may put this in the show notes as well, about how to elegantly walk in a pair of shoes. And when somebody asked her about this ridiculous pair, they're like, she said, yeah, I'm wearing them because I'm sitting here. Yes. They look pretty. They're dinner shoes. They're dinner <laughs> shoes. And I'm like, you know... Okay, so that's totally down a different <laughs> yeah. rabbit hole. So I'm wearing currently, yeah, sandals. What are you wearing? You, of course, have cute shoes. Oh, yeah. Just Shalene. <laughs> Shalene, what's your go-to every day? Let's just say you're going to be shopping, going to lunch or brunch with your friends, and then you're going to go out that night. You don't get to change. What shoe are you going to be in? I'm all for convenience, so I can't have, like, you know, five shoes in the car at all times to exactly. choose from. So my my go to is like heeled boots. About heel three boots. inches typically. Um yep. for a couple reasons. I find that it's such a versatile look where you can change from day to night and still look put together classy. And then also on the diabetic side, not wanting to carry a lot, sometimes I will stick like a energy bar or backup carbs in my boot so that, that I don't have hilarious. to carry <laughs> that that's is awesome yeah that's that's been my secret for <laughs> a while you can't yeah, you know you can't do it with a tight boot but you know if it's a little bit of a slouch to it it definitely blends it <laughs> Unless you have, let me say that I eat the Whole Foods cranberry bars which are like a f- like a fruit strip I sure as hell yeah. probably stuff that down in a boot and so I might I always have a purse with me but yeah that's that's funny I never would have thought of that yeah <laughs> shoes and food how do you make you it all work have a credit card your ID and, <laughs> <laughs> and are you um Shalene are you, I read in your thing you switched to the pump right before mm-hmm. you went overseas so yeah and I'm saying that out loud because you have a CGM which is a constant glucose monitor okay. Betsy and it's like a um I hate to say this, it looks like a little battery pack that's attached to your, I would say, t- traditionally your arm, that you can watch your blood sugar hmm. on a device. So I w- always have my um, my testing machine with me, so I'm always pulling that out to test my blood sugar, and then I give a shot. So I'm saying that out loud because that's why I always have a purse, is because I have to carry all that shit with me. Gotcha. Clutches yeah. are a nightmare. I've written about yeah. not being able to go to a wedding with a cute little dainty clutch, because mm. you got to carry all your yeah. crap. But, Shalene, you having the pump and having the CGM, you have a little bit more freedom. So let's talk about the switch from, and in style, from going from injections. I Did you use the pen or did you use syringes? At the beginning, I used syringes and then I used the pen for a large majority of my life before, like, four years ago when I switched to the insulin pump. Let's talk about the pump and what a difference it's made in your life. Honestly, it helps um, for the on-the-go lifestyle because I'm definitely running either, you know, from meeting to meeting or even city to city, and it it's just so much more convenient because um, I moved to London for school by myself. I told my parents, I'm like, I can do it. I'll figure <laughs> out housing. I'll, I was right. 19 at the time, and awesome. they were just like, really, do we want to let, you know, our daughter who has type 1 diabetes just go to a new country all by herself? And 
I've always been independent, so they're like, okay, like, let her go. You can do it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and a great way to start would be to get an insulin pump. So I had that, you know, new insulin pump in London all by myself trying to figure out how to get supplies and whatnot. But it's so helpful, and especially the CGM from Dexcom. Um, I recently started the CGM, the Continuous Glucose Monitor, about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing why you can see the fluctuations um, from how exercise or food or stress or not being able to eat. Like you said, you have a busy lifestyle and I've been there too. And I know, I'm sure Betsy can relate when you're busy with uh, an art opening or you're shuffling around things, yeah. you don't have time and you might grab a piece of cheese or thing of celery during the opening or whatever. But yeah, so knowing what's going on all the time is, got, is yeah, so yeah. important. And another big reason that um, I really love the pump is I'm clumsy. So I have dropped a couple of vials of insulin on the occasion when I was doing the syringe and Oops. needle, um, yes. the syringe and the pen. The pens wouldn't break as much. But with the insulin pump, I don't have to carry around the vial. So that is definitely a money saver. Well, and let me say, too, for the people out there that are not do not have diabetes, or, or a vial of insulin is, I broke one last year, it's a couple hundred bucks. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Insurance only covers so much over a course of a time. And two, you can't go without it. So there's dropping right. a credit card if you need it. And so, yeah, so I'm glad that hopefully the insulin pump. Ryan's, well, I probably should. Well, we've already talked about it. He's surfed with it. He's surfed. I mean, he's um, snowboarded with it. Those things are indestructible. I mean, he's. I think they've even done like try to hit it with a baseball bat or something just to wow. see. Wow. Yeah. So I'm glad that. <laughs> You should be good <laughs> and hopefully save some cash on that. So you picked up, moved across the country. Your parents said, what's up? We're okay with it. And you got there. And if you don't mind sharing, what school did you end up getting accepted to? I went to the University of Arts London, London College of Fashion. And they had this fashion course that kind of covered everything from shoe design to media communication. And it was all international students at the time. So there's only maybe like five other girls from the United States. And it was an amazing opportunity because everyone, you know, is from Ukraine or there's a couple people from Norway or even Hong Kong. And just that exposure and understanding the likes and dislikes of fashion and shoes mm-hmm. um, between all the co- cultures it was such an eye-opener and like a great learning opportunity because then you could see how to be successful in shoe design throughout you know, the world. Wow. A mixture of, of style. Yeah. Well, and just saying that out loud, like it makes me think of, and Betsy, please chime in, um, practicality. So I know that when I traveled, and this is not a great example, but to Arizona, and there were certain restrictions of what I had to be on a racetrack and stuff like that, the shoes that I should and could wear. But then when I go to New York, of course, I tried to take it up a notch. When I was in Australia, it was a different scenario. So having that broad of a, I mean, a group of people to determine mm-hmm. or to think about, yeah. I don't know where. And that's where my love of boots really started because Mm -hmm. that was a a general go-to for most cultures I found. Mm -hmm. So across like different 
you know, temperatures. <laughs> right, so. right. Okay, so what if you're going to like India? I'm sorry? What if you go to, what if we're all headed to India? Ooh, India. I mean, I like, mean, <laughs> like what shoes would you wear? Because I'm thinking like hot, I'm thinking desert. I know that's probably not all of India, but I'm, you know, like, what would be the best shoe? I mean, I, from a fashion standpoint, I would really like a nice detailed sandal. Right. Um, but it depends, you know, if you're going to like Dubai or something where you might lounge around more and not, you know, have to hike as much. Right, then right. That's, that's what I would go to for sure. But something that keeps you warm because my friends that have been to India, they say right when they get off the plane, you know, they get that sun heat like right on them already. And yeah, I haven't been, but I want to go. Well, maybe <laughs> have you guys do this? No, I've. Have you been? No, my um, my neighbor Lindsay Houts went there for Rotary and came back with some interesting stories. So that's why. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know if India is the right place for me to go. I feel like if somebody wanted to, and I'm just going to throw this out there for a sponsorship, if somebody from <laughs> India wants to send the three of us to experience yeah. parts of it and different types of shoes we're in, I'm just throwing yeah. them out there. <laughs> you have yeah, on a great... Dubai is coming like one oh. of the fashion capitals of the world. So. It is. Would you say Mumbai? Dubai. Oh, Dubai. Dubai. Excuse me. Oh, Mumbai. Is that yeah. even a city? I might have yes, just made that up. Okay. Yeah. Guys, that's horrible. Let's <laughs> cut that out. Jonathan, let's cut that out. <laughs> yeah. no, Dubai is huge in the fashion world. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and I don't want, I'm, I'm not a brand specific person, but I feel like every person who loves shoes as much as we do has a brand that they lean towards because they know that it fits their foot. So anybody want to chime in? And I don't know if you can. I mean, you own your, yes. Yeah. What do you, what do you? I can chime in and I don't even carry this brand, but I used to, but Jimmy Choo fits oh. my foot so well. What about it though? What? It has a wider toe box. I have wide feet. I have wide feet, I'm but like the, a, I feel like, what's like this a duck part right foot. Here? What's this? Oh, well, that's going to be a bunion. <laughs> no, that's not a bunion. I'm saying like the part that below the toes, you butthole. <laughs> Like that's, that's a part that's wide. That's okay, the that's width. The, okay. Yeah. The width of my foot is wide yeah. as well as fucker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, that she made does it not. Explicit. She does not have a bunion. Yeah, I have cute feet. You I do. Love my you have feet. great feet. She's wearing a little gladiator sandal, <laughs> flat gladiator sandal. Super cute. Um, no, Jimmy is just okay. wider toe box. The vamp always matches up. The arch mm. is always good for me. So yeah. Shalene, what about you? I would have to agree on the silhouette style, arch support, everything. Jimmy Choo just has that extra grip cool. that you feel like your feet are completely supported. We didn't but, even know. Yeah. My extra go-to, grip. like on a daily basis, mm-hmm. is Cole Haan because they usually have more support for running around in like concrete jun- jungle kind of situation. Oh, yeah. And then Jimmy Choo is more of an evening shoe for me, but yeah, I love Brand. What brand is the shoe over here, Betsy? The one that I love, the uh, the Andre Asus. It's uh, a great little um, lightweight line made out of Spain. Yeah, lightweight. It's th- I love shoe. those shoes. But um, you were talking about Colhan. They were bought by Nike all those years ago, and so all of their shoes, every single silhouette of their shoes, had the Nike Air technology 
air pockets in the in the toe and the heel of the shoe. For men and women? Yeah. For men and women. Nike has since sold Colhan, but they are still trying to use a comparable technology in the yeah. the footbeds of these shoes. But girl, I will tell you that Corso Como, are, are you familiar with Corso Como? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great, slightly lower price point um, than Colhan, but they are putting gel in the footbeds of all of their shoes now. So there's definitely padding. There's definitely support. So you just want to look for lines that are trying to, you know, be on that comfort friendly side and yeah. have the fashion aspect to it. As I well. love it. Gosh, yeah. I love it. I love some gel in a footbed, man. It's good. You're, you guys are tempting me. I'm not, like I said, a stiletto heels person, but by the end of this year... I will wear and be able to comfortably walk in a pair of stiletto heels. We will have you in some heels, but I am curious as to what, are you designing shoes right now? Are you, are you going to come out with a line? Because I just, I just started following you on Instagram and your sketches are awesome. And let's, I, I want to know when they're coming out. And maybe we could do a trunk show or something here in Oklahoma. Just throwing that out there. That would be so fun. The turquoise T-strap with the little bow, the heel. I mean, that's awesome. That's Aww. gorgeous. <laughs> it was so sweet. So, thank you. Yeah, I was sure at first because I I do freelance where, you know, I'll work with certain brands and then I okay. can show the shoes that they don't accept. And I was like, should I show these on Instagram or, yes. or not? Because just, you know, there's the whole copyright thing. But yeah. If I can make a cute pair of shoes once, like, I can do it again. So I don't mind sharing it on Instagram. And just kind of getting everyone's feedback so I I, I know more on what um, direction to take. But at this point, it's just, like, freelancing. Um, I've talked to manufacturers in Italy and through my internship is that. And definitely in the future, I would love to start my own collection. But, you know. Well, I'd be your first buyer. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> and so I'll be your test dummy. My God, if you put out like a run of shoes that I just need to wear around and try to act like a normal person, I'm in. Like that. Right? I'm so excited for you. That is a dream. That's really a awesome. Dream job. Congrats. Jeez. Okay, so oh, let's talk about, can you share this? I don't know if you can. It's uh, No worries. But um, the the the... You're sending sketches. I'm. I want this from a design aspect. You're sending sketches to big label or companies. How does that all go down? I mean, are they accepted? Like, what companies? Can you discuss what companies you're working with? No, it's not like I can't with that. But I can say, like, the companies that I've interned with, um, Todd and Roger Vidier, when I was over in London, right. uh, that was an amazing opportunity to kind of learn from them. I mainly stayed on the PR and event side of mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm. got kind of my feet wet and dabbling with the understanding of the design process. And then like Nicholas Kirkwood for a little bit on just assisting um, their design team and like small tasks and just kind of slowly picking that up. And then when I've been over here in LA, which I've been, back for a couple of years now, um, just reaching out to every level of shoe designers. So, you know, high-end, all the way to more affordable, and you can just send some designs. And, you know, if there are other shoe designers or aspiring shoe designers out there, like we have so many amazing opportunities like Instagram where you can 
show your skills and kind of reach out to the companies. So, like, you know, here's, here's my Instagram. Here's some of my designs. And sometimes they'll contact you back and be like, you know, hey, we're interested in working with you. Or if they offer, like, royalties, I would suggest going down that route if you're just beginning right. or whatnot. But... What yeah. I, I want to plug one company just because I found them at market a couple of years back whenever I had a t-shirt company and Ms. Moose, man, they were there. I believe they're out of New York. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, and I loved, I have so many of their shoes because they fit my foot really well with the wide foot slash bunions that I have. <laughs> <laughs> that was not, sorry. I mean, even their boots, like I love that brand. So, um, I want you to, I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe you should sketch some stuff for them because I would absolutely love to purchase one of your designs from that label because I really enjoy it. And I have to say in reading your article, there were a couple of things and I, this is where you guys really can chime in and help with the diabetes community is some things to look for when you're buying a pair of shoes. And so we have arch support. Let's chat. (laughs) I know nothing about this. I need to know. Um, do you want to take this one? <laughs> Shalene, I can read it for word for word if you want me to, but what was written. What do, you, do you want me to? Yeah, please. Or? Yes, please. Okay. Chime in, please. Well, um, the importance. Of I, while I was, you know, in high school and even in middle school, I trained to become a professional ballerina. Another oh. avenue that kind of got me into shoes and understanding the importance of silhouette and feet worth of point shoes. And through that, I really learned the importance of art. I want to interject really quick. Your mom was not freaked out about the fact that you could be a ballerina in, in those shoes. And let's be honest, no offense to the ballerinas out there, but their feet are messed up. So, you know, yeah, but mine never got messed up. I took such good care. There's so many different, um, ways that they make point shoes now oh, okay. but yeah it's, it's really hard to avoid not getting you know ballerina feet <laughs> ballerina feet so. okay i know that term now okay so going back i'm sorry to interrupt you arch support go so yeah i'm um, through ballet i understood arch support so much better and realized the importance of um, arch support in heels and have been talking to companies and asking why they don't have, you know, like built-in arch support. If you go to the store and see a stiletto, it's completely flat, like a Barbie foot, and it's not it's not realistic. Well, is that because everybody's foot is different? Push. I mean, like, so if they put arch support, then it would be uncomfortable for someone that didn't... I mean... Not necessarily. I mean, we... Yeah, some people have a high arch, some people don't, but... They could, they could try. They, they could, could put do something, a little better. They could do something, right. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yeah. So yeah. that's why we put but insoles I, in. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, there's so many different arch heights and, you know, some people don't even have um, arches. And it's just like, it's, it's so difficult for companies to put that in or the cost for the supplies doesn't mm-hmm. always factor into their uh, yeah. ability. So I've just been putting in like super feet insoles, which mm. are my go-to. Um, insoles into shoes or, you know, just trying out the different insoles but making sure that you do have enough arch support okay. just so that your back stays safe. Not really from a diabetic perspective as much as practical. 
Yeah. On yeah. your back, yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm at the grocery store, sorting through all the almond milks to find one with no sugar added. And it made me think of the way that most people do their shopping these days, through Amazon. All right, just wanted to go ahead and remind everyone of the best way to report or support, not report, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. All you got to do is click on the Amazon banner out on the right side of our homepage, okay, and buy your Amazon items there. Just go to diabetesdailygrind.com, okay, click on our site first, that Amazon ad on the right side, and then Amazon will send us a commission based off of whatever you buy. doesn't matter what it is. And that helps our show keep grinding out the episodes. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, and so and the next thing we have here is a, um, constructing a stable heel for the back support and, and the enhancement of the silhouette. So, mm-hmm. what do you? What any thoughts on that? I I mean, the block heel is back, and it's so popular, Thank and that's God. been great Thank for so God. many. Th- well, the seventies are alive, um, but as long as it's not the nursing shoe, just still sti- oh, no. The stiletto they've they've made total headway with the stiletto as well though i mean it just and you're in the design world so you can tell me it it's based on where it's placed on the on the heel of your foot sometimes Mm -hmm. heels are more inset Mm -hmm. on the shoe or further on the outer portion of the shoe how does that how does that work yeah so a lot of progress has been made through like 3d designs oh. and using like AutoCAD oh, and different brilliant. scanners to like that will scan your foot and see really where they need the weight to distribute in the heel. Mm-hmm. And if you go to you know a if you get a less affordable shoe that's not really made well, mm-hmm. sometimes the stiletto will kind of lean in towards right. your foot which is kind awful of like a, for your back right under the weight and so to get that it's kind of like an architectural skill it's kind of like building a building you have to be able to understand like just a small variable in height or a small variable in where it's placed in the position of the stiletto it makes all the difference yeah. so the I more agree. established companies like Jimmy Choo have better resources to correctly measure that out. Man, that is fascinating. And I think, I don't care if you have diabetes or not, that's something <laughs> that you want to know. Yeah, it's good stuff. And two, well, well, we'll go to that in a minute. And so design and craftsmanship, aid in stabilizing distribution of body weight. So I feel, and I, I'm a healthy weight, I feel like, and um, I don't wear stiletto heels because I feel like I'm an elephant in the room tromping through the area. So... <laughs> What what do you what own do we, it is all I have to say. Just own it and you'll get it done. <laughs> so um what you know, so what do we what do we want to share with our listeners about I don't know, like some people feel like they're too heavy or this is just not attractive on them, or there's some people I mean, like what do you what are your thoughts on that? How do you sell a pair of shoes to someone that thinks they can never wear a pair of stilettos? Or how do you design something for someone who's let's just say three hundred pounds but wants to look glamorous and that shoe's not out there for them. Hmm. I mean, that's, I know, a, a weird question, possibly, but. I would always typically try to put heavier set women in a little bit of a sturdier heel. Sure. I would not put them in the, you know. Pencil. Pin thin Stuart Weitzman or something. So um, I've always done that. But from a design standpoint, I'm not sure. 
Shalene, anything on that? Yeah, I would always suggest baby steps. Like if someone's not used to wearing a really high shoe or even just, you know, a one-inch heel, like Mm -hmm. just start like kitten heels and then slowly add on an inch and inch so that you kind of can control the steps and make your body look more elegant when you walk just by doing like the baby steps, like one level at a time. That's how I learned (laughs) So that's a, that's a practical let's be honest. Tip. Sometimes it's like watching Bambi learn how to walk. <laughs> oh, yes. It's just awkward and awful. And I, I have a feeling that we've been doing this since we were so young that, you know, we know how to do this. But sometimes women are just, they look like Bambi. Well, and let's be honest. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie Bradshaw. Well, yeah. For falling in greats, falling all, the, I mean, like that group of women, I felt like taught me that anyone can wear a pair of heels. And sorry, that's totally ridiculous. But my generation that... It was all about the shoes yeah, and the style and yeah. God love them for that. Yep. So a couple of things I want to bring up going back to the diabetes route when it comes to shoes and stuff and some things that have been brought to my attention over the past couple of years about um, from random people. Uh, so we, uh, like I said in the very beginning, we all know we have to be very careful about our feet and no blisters and things like that. Um, Shalene, have you ever heard as someone with diabetes that turning your socks should you let's just say be in an athletic situation socks have a uh, a seam usually on the inside so I was a camp counselor a couple of years ago and one of the my campers in my cabin which is frightening knew that I had diabetes because I talked about it early on saying that I might have to give a shot and I just didn't want to freak anybody out and everything and she said oh my mom has diabetes and she mentioned the fact that her mom turns her socks inside out so the seam does not rub her toes. And yeah, that's <laughs> it seems like such a simple thing for the average person, but that's brilliant. Yeah. You still get the wool sock, you get all the protection that you need and everything like that, but it's not going to rub your, rub your toes and stuff. So do you have any tips, Shalene, um, by any chance on things like that? Or you know, you that, that one tops the books, I would say, because I have never <laughs> turned my socks inside out. I, it's really difficult, I think, for anybody to find a pair of socks that, you know, snug your foot just yeah. enough, but yeah. not too much where it feels like they're strangling them. Yeah. You know? I would say my go-to socks are the bulk pack at Costco, the Adidas ones. I don't know nice. if you guys have <laughs> them we over have a there. Sam's. Yeah, no, that'll that that's there. Yeah. We can we can look into that for sure. <laughs> yeah, or the smart wool ones from like yeah. REI. Those those are so thin yet they do their job and don't seem to bother my feet. So I know I I'm sure you guys have heard of like the diabetic specific socks that look like they're on an as seen on TV commercial. And, <laughs> They're horrible. And like, no, yeah, no, no. And no. maybe when I'm 70, that would be okay, but I am not. For the, no. I'm knocking on wood. Like, I'm not going to buy into that crap until I have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, well, it doesn't matter, but, um, okay, and I have to throw out another tip that somebody brought to my attention, my friend who travels to New York on a regular basis, and I don't know where I was going, um, but I knew that I was going to be wearing shoes that would compromise my feet. Liquid Band-Aid. Brilliant. That yeah. Shit, that shit works. Those, yeah. And I have to say, yeah. it's like putting a heavy layer of tape over a wound. I hope to God it's not unhealthy for that wound, but <laughs> I have found that it is 
Yeah, really yeah. helped. Miracle worker. Yeah. I've Thank been you. on the streets of New York with, you know, first day of market. You're pounding the pavement. And you're walking, walking. And yes, I wore my brand new shoes because I'm an idiot. And you're cute. Well, I mean, you want to like, You want to be cute in New York. And um, so, yeah, liquid Band-Aid saved my life. Or my feet. Yeah. yeah. Once or twice. Definitely. Preventative measures, again, like that saved me from so many blisters. Love liquid Band-Aids. <laughs> Well, and the other thing that I can say is just um, I went to Healing Touch for ages, and that's a totally different podcast. But soaking your feet every once in a while in Epsom salt, warm water mm-hmm. and Epsom salt. Huh. Not only does it, I'm going to say exfoliate, but it grounds you. Hmm. So it's mm-hmm. a spiritual thing more than anything else. But I have found um, that it really just gave my feet a break. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Epsom soaking salt. your feet in Epsom salt. Does a body good? Does a body good. And if you don't have time for the bath, I mean, the full Epsom salt bath, and you can do it with your feet. Um, yeah. Well, Shaleen, thank you so much for taking time guys, to chat with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I, before we wrap this up, I just have to ask, so because we're all like jonesing to buy your first pair of shoes. Right. Your first, yeah, production. Um, what's next for you when it comes to the shoe industry? For me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Totally you. Yeah, so right now I'm currently working on reaching out to companies and figuring out a way to break the gap between the fashion industry and the medical industry. I think I'm that's brilliant very much involved in like stem cell research for type 1 diabetes Yay. and are you guys as well <laughs> oh i mean i'm all about it yeah yeah and slowly starting um a campaign called it's the hashtag couture to, to a cure okay and okay. trying to figure out different ways to bring attention to brands about type 1 diabetes because as much as it is um, medically involved, it definitely is, you know, an everyday life and even fashion statement sometimes with insulin pumps and something that I think more people should know about. And so working with the companies like the UCLA um, stem cell, beta cell, islet cell research lab, trying to figure out ways to you know, open up conversation to the fashion industry and say, hey, you know, we'd love to work together. Well, and let's be honest, and the fashion industry and all the other industries should really listen because we're lucky to have type 1 because it's a lower ratio, less than 8% of the diabetes community. But as a type 2 is, we all know is one in four people that are walking throughout the United States are predestined to have diabetes. Mm-hmm. If if they're smart <laughs> or they're progressive in their thinking when it comes to growing their business, you want to hear what we have to say. Mm-hmm. Right, we yeah. are the future, unfortunately. And I, and that is a fact um, as yeah. to what's going to be best for, and I will say, and I'm not trying to slam the type two diabetes community by any means, but mm-hmm. as a person with type one, we know what we're dealing with and we are on our blood sugar constantly. People with type two, there's some of those people that just float around knowing they have the disease and take medication 
and mm-hmm. are not following it as closely. So that maybe they're diabetes management and that those are the people that we hear with more of the diabetes complications and problems with their feet because their blood sugars are not managed like ours are. And I can only speak mm-hmm. for my own personal. Do you agree with that at all? I mean, yeah. I don't Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's difficult. And, you know, I just want people to know with type one and type two that if you take care of it, if you yeah. take care of yourself and just pay attention to what your body's telling you, they're going to, you know, live a happy, healthy, long life. And you it's can not, look cute too. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope that this this podcast, which when I was talking to Ryan about it, is one of the ones that it just was it was like, I don't know if he can pull it all around. I'm like, well, you're not a you're not a female. I mean, this this yeah. greatly affected my life and and Shalene, I remember writing to you in the very beginning saying that my mom I don't know if my yeah. dad knew this or not, but she would take me to the shoe store after going to my endocrinologist when I had it. It didn't matter what my AUNC ended up being, but I was rewarded with a pair of shoes mm-hmm. and um, and an awkward pair of lace socks that I picked out that had fr- <laughs> it had yeah. fringe too. But anywho, Yay. I remember just 80s. being so proud. Yeah, 80s. Um, so I feel like what you what really spoke to me whenever I read your story was I'm not alone in this, and I'm so happy. You're such a great inspiration for so many people with the disease and people that love shoes. I mean, everybody wants comfort when they're wearing a badass pair of heels. So (laughs) I feel very confident that we will see you soar in the next. I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait either. I'm excited. I hope to come back on and have a girls talk with you guys again soon because this is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe what we can do too is uh, Betsy owns, like I said, this shoe shop in the Paseo Arts District and they have an art opening every first Friday. So maybe we could sell some of your sketches. Um, oh, that's awesome. As a, yeah. pa- as a part of an art opening and a huge, like, sh- I don't know, something shoe related. So we're, yeah, we're I'm open. on board. <laughs> <laughs> we will chat. We will definitely chat. Yeah. And, Shalene, thank you so much for taking time. Betsy, thank you so much for opening your word, your boutique on a oh, day yeah. when you're actually closed. Yay, so. Mondays. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you so much. All right, ladies, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I'll keep buying your shoes. I love it. Let's stay in touch. Yes. Yeah. Keep up the good work, girls. Woo-hoo. All right, thank you so much, Shalene. Bye. You're welcome. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Got more lenses than you. You said, I got more lenses than you. Because I'm alive. Yes, I'm.